The following program is brought to you free of charge by the sponsorship of Novus Ordo Watch. See for yourself that the Church of the Second Vatican Council is not in fact the Catholic Church of the Ages. Go to NovusOrdoWatch.org. That's NovusOrdoWatch.org. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Catholic Spirituality on member-supported Restoration Radio. My name is Matthew Arthur, and on this episode, I am presenting Father Nicolas Disposito and Father Herman Fleece. This episode is a members-only episode and is not available for individual purchase and download. To receive access to all Restoration Radio episodes, please visit treerestoration.org and go to the member area on the menu bar to find out details on becoming a member. And now we present Catholic Spirituality. Welcome to Catholic Spirituality on the Restoration Radio Network. I'm your host, Father Herman Fliess, and in this episode I am joined as always by our guest, Father Nicolás Desposito, professor at Most Holy Trinity Seminary. Thank you, Father. Hello, glad to be back. Today, as usual, we will continue the study of the book The Theology of Christian Perfection by the Dominican theologian Antonio Rosso Marín. Today we enter into a new uh, division of the book, which is called The Negative Aspect of the Christian Life, <clears throat> and we will cover the first chapter, which is called Stages of the Christian Life. Father, what he means by stages of the Christian life? Well, it's a, it's a, defi- a division that um, is proper to those who write about the, the spiritual matters, uh, such as especially St. John of the Cross, but also St. Thomas and uh, many of the different uh, authors. But before we start, just uh, to clarify why this is called the negative aspect, today we are not going to actually begin with the negative aspect because uh, it's just this uh, uh, an introduction regarding the stages of the spiritual life and it is called negative aspect because we are going to speak about sin and how to uh, basically combat sin as the chapter is called struggle against sin also against the devil the world the flesh and we are going to see the purifications that we must undergo uh, both active and passive. Of course, we are going to explain what that means, those things mean, and uh, just today a little introduction to give an idea of what is the, um, basically, the way, the spiritual journey that we have to take uh, towards heaven. We have to go through stages. Uh, Everyone goes through the different ages, let's say, of the spiritual life, uh, an analogy with the natural order that we all have to go through uh, infancy, uh, youth, and the adult life. And the spiritual life happens quite the uh, similar thing. So, or should happen, at least we all should die as spiritually uh, mature or adults. So, the... Uh, if you have the text, go to page 219, and he says, uh, Roger Marin, the three principal classifications which have been proposed in the history of Christian spirituality are the classic division into the three ways, purgative, illuminative, and unitive. That of the three degrees, beginners, proficient, and perfect, and of course, beginners, proficient, and perfect will correspond to purgative, illuminative, unitive. And the third division, that of Saint Teresa of Avila, as outlined in her interior castle. So, the author here tries to give the 
three classifications together, he says, in order to construct the following um, schema of the entire Christian life, trying to blend the, them together, the, the, the three classifications. We are going to try to follow Roger Marin today to give an idea of the different stages we must um, uh, we must undergo in our spiritual life. Father, um, so we are speaking here about uh, a certain certain um, ascending order, right, of perfection. And yes, of what? course, it's growing, growing uh, in the the spiritual life, becoming more and more perfect. Yes. <clears throat> well, that said, <clears throat> what would be, Father, the uh, the first uh, step or the um, uh, the beginning of this uh, ascending order. The beginning is the purgative or the the uh, the stage of the beginners. But before that, Saint Teresa of Av of Avila gives the um, in her analogy with a spiritual castle. Uh, she says that before you even begin the um, uh, the first stage, which you will of course include the state of habitually uh, to be in the state of grace um, as we are going to see it doesn't exclude that once in a while the person is able to fall into mortal sin but the habitual state of sanctifying grace is required for the purgative life um, but before that she says the outer court and this is just quoting Rosa Marin speaking about the Saint Teresa's quote the outer court of the castle is the stage of the sinners who live habitually in the state of sin and are not interested in abandoning it. Um, so, in other words, if you are in the state of sin and you live habitually in the state of sin, that means that you haven't, you haven't even started your spiritual life. So it's important that to make that first conversion, that we're going to see that's called the first conversion, to the purgative life. Uh, we have to have that determination if, for one reason of, or another, we are in the state of sin or habitually habituated to commit mortal sins. We have to take that first step. And it says, St. Teresa, uh, that perhaps the majority sin through ignorance or frailty, but there are also some who give themselves to sin because of a cold indifference or even because of an obstinate and diabolical malice. And this is actually Roger Marin, not Saint Teresa herself, but the, the point is that um, before even starting ours, um, the, the purgative life or the, the, the way of the beginners, there is this state of the outer castle, according to Saint Teresa, in which you may be, um, you may, a person may find himself and it can be because of frailty, weakness, or, which is much worse, the, the pride that makes us indifferent and obstinate with regard to the, to the moral law and to the spiritual life. Uh, and the author continues, in some cases there is a complete absence of remorse and a deliberate rejection of all prayer or recourse to God. They consider mortal sin to be of little importance or something that is uh, readily pardoned. For that reason, they imprudently place themselves in all kinds of occasions of sin, and they succumb to temptation with the greatest facility. They uh, miss Mass on Sundays frequently and for the slightest reason. Their annual confession, which is sometimes omitted, is made in a mechanical fashion without any interior devotion and without a true desire to give up their sins definitely. Um, definitively. They sometimes make use of vocal prayers, but without, without attention or true piety, and usually to ask God for temporal things. So, as you can uh, see, uh, there, is, or there are many signs, uh, bad signs actually, that that person, if perseveres in that kind of state, uh, will not go to heaven. So, most of those things are signs of reparation. That's why the soul, when it is uh, exposed to uh, 
a sermon or to some spiritual reading or something happened uh, to the soul in, in, in his or her life, that it will be faithful to those actual graces and inspirations of God that uh, to move um, towards conversion and stop that life of habitual sin. Very good, Father. I think this state uh, or this situation is clearly seen. Now we will um, start with those who um, start cultivating a spiritual life. And that um, begins with the first way, the purgative way. Um, what would mark the beginning of this way, Father? Well, again, using the, the very words of the uh, the text we are following, it says, when the soul begins to desire sincerely to live in a Christian manner, it enters the purgative way or the first degree of charity. Its basic dispositions are described by St. Thomas in the following words. At first, it is man's principal concern to avoid sin and resist the passions which move him in opposition to charity. And this pertains to beginners in whom charity must be nourished and augmented lest it be destroyed. So notice that in the beginning there is a certain, I would say, um, uh, almost like egotism but in a in a way that that God usually uses for our our um i will say good in the sense that many times we try to avoid sin we are concerned with mortal sin because of the fear of punishment so this is not the purest of all the the, the manners or the motives uh to avoid sin but it's good so do not think that it's a bad thing um, because we, our end is heaven. So it is true that if we commit a mortal sin and we die in the state of, of mortal sin, we go to hell. So in a certain way, you can say the, we have to love ourselves. So, and we have to desire for ourselves our last end. So this fear is salutary. So, um, and actually we have to have the, the fear of hell. And of avoiding um, of um, committing mortal sins, but again, in the beginning, this is what moves us for conversion. We are uh, really uh, concerned with our uh, final um, perdition, the, the going to hell, the possibility of going to hell. So that made move the soul really to take the necessary means to get to. Um, uh, to be, I would say, more serious in the spiritual life and to preserve himself in the uh, in the state of grace. But this is the, just the beginning. This is the way of the beginners or the purgative um, way. And for, um, as a footnote, I think that uh, that point on hell um, makes sense here because uh, the authors say that the meditation on the last things hell and uh, heaven also is a very very uh, useful especially uh, for the the beginners and one can see that that the the vivid consideration of the danger of going to hell and its, its torments can move the soul very efficaciously to um <clears throat> to a further conversion and the avoidance of the occasions of sin uh, for saint Teresa of avila speaks about different mansions and the author puts the first three in this um, uh, purgative way. What will be the first mansion? The first mansions are those, according to St. Teresa, of the faithful souls who struggle somewhat, uh, sorry, somewhat weakly, so not very strongly, against mortal sin, but sincerely repent through good confessions. Frequently, however, they voluntarily place themselves in the occasion of sin. They make no effort to avoid venial sin because they consider it to be of no importance. Their practices of piety are generally restricted to those which are commanded by the church, and even here they sometimes fail. On rare occasions they may perform some pious work of uh, super, super erogation, which means something extra. Their prayers uh, sorry, their prayer is purely vocal and is accompanied by many distractions. 
Their petitions in prayer are usually in regard to temporal things and rarely pertain to the spiritual. So you can see here, again, it's a beginning. I mean, it's a something is much more actually than just, of course, the, the state of sin and, and those who are indifferent uh, with regard to the, uh, the spiritual life. But still there is certain, um, I would say, uh, weakness and not too serious desire for spiritual growth. So the that's why this is the first mention in the purgative way, the, the very, very beginning. So um, I just want to point out the... Uh, the attachment to venial sin, that's so important, that's why many times in our sermons and uh, conferences we try to make people understand the attachment to venial sin is, is really bad. So it's true that venial sin is not the same thing as mortal sin, but the attachment to venial sin is, the, according to St. John of the Cross, the main obstacle in the spiritual life, the main obstacle, because it basically makes the soul paralyzed and and and, and it if it advances is really uh, slowly and it, it is in danger of falling into mortal sin because of this attitude with regard to venial sin considering it not important so uh something just to keep in mind and the the second thing to consider is the author says here, or actually quoting St. Teresa, or following the teaching of St. Teresa of Avila, that there is no mental prayer here. So it's only vocal prayer and done with distractions. That's also important. And the uh, those who are listening to to this show and this episode, they uh, I, I, I would like them to understand the importance of mental prayer, meditation, which is the, the beginning the more the more most basic form of mental prayer meditation is very very important so remember what saint francis de sales uh, used to say if you do not have half an hour a day for mental prayer um or if you miss them because of you don't have time for it uh, you have to do one hour so that was his answer so you don't have time for half an hour do one hour so it's important for um as you see in order to go to the second mansion i would say at least to begin that um, to, to get the habit of do, of practicing the, the mental prayer of meditation every day. Now we're entering in the second mansions. Um, he speaks also here about the, um, the struggle against mortal sin and about the occasions. How do they differ from the first mansion in this respect? For well, here there is a little more of a seriousness uh, with regard to the struggle against mortal sin. They are more courageous, uh, those souls. Those are the good souls. Before we said that there were the faithful souls. Now they are not only faithful, but good. And uh, although they find themselves in occasions which lead to their fall. So again, there is a little more, uh, I will say, um, they make a little more effort here. When this happens, when they fall, they repent sincerely and promptly go to confession. So the attitude here is different. Uh, they still commit deliberate venial sins because their battle to overcome them is rather weak. Their repentance is superficial and they constantly fall back into the same venial sins. They frequent, they frequent the sacraments, especially on the great feasts, the first Fridays, etc., and sometimes attend daily Mass, but with little preparation. They readily omit such a devotions as the daily rosary. Their prayer is gener in general is still vocal, although at times they may attempt to make a meditation, which is often accompanied by voluntary distractions. <clears throat> so you can see here the uh, this differences the beginning of meditation um, and um, the going quickly to confession when they have fallen to uh, into mortal sin. So uh, and, and they approach the sacraments more often. So they, of course, we are just given certain uh, signs or. Um, characteristics of certain souls all souls are different and we are just trying to 
categorize the the um, the different stages and how they correspond to souls. But it doesn't mean, of course, that if you, for example, uh, miss the rosary or don't do the meditation every day, or uh, that if you um, you go to confession or you do you cannot go to confession as quickly as possible, that you're not in this stage or you are. So they, these are signs. I mean. We are trying to give you an idea. So the what is important is to see the attitude of the soul. The attitude is stronger here. The there is more of a desire to overcome mortal sin, and even there is a certain fight against venial sin, but not still not very serious. And uh, there is more seriousness with regard to the rosary. Nevertheless, it's not said every day. So it's like the soul is. You see the struggle. It's trying to be better and going to the next stage but still is having problems you can see that also here either can will go back or uh, it will go to the next level so you it will not be able to stay for a long time in this kind of uh, I would say uh, fight or, or, or struggle it will have to make a decision either I will start doing my meditation every day my rosary every day examination of conscience every day or we'll go back to the previous uh, stage so it's important also that if you don't look you don't go forward you go backwards as general principle in spiritual life yes yes and uh, certainly the the fathers insist very much very much on that principle going to the third uh, he speaks about pious souls um, could you explain a little that far? Yes. Now again, remember we are still in the basic beginner's stage, the purgative, that uh, according to St. Teresa and following St. Teresa of Avila uh, is subdivided into these th uh, three mansions. The third mansion uh, in the purgative way is that of uh, pious souls. Uh, those souls rarely commit mortal sin. And when they do, their repentance is profound. They immediately confess their sin and they take precautions to avoid a relapse. They sincerely combat venial sin and make use of the particular examen, although as yet it is not performed with fidelity and it produces little fruit. They usually attend Mass and receive communion daily, but often it is with a certain spirit of routine. They confess their sins each week, but with only a slight amendment of their defects. Defects. Such souls often say the rosary daily, make frequent visits to the Blessed Sacrament, and make the stations of the cross regularly. They practice meditation daily, but often do not make a good meditation because of their many distractions. They readily omit meditation, especially in times of dryness, or numerous occupations which could have been avoided without failing in the duties of their state in life. Frequently they make affective prayer, which tends to become more and more simplified. The night of the senses usually begins here as a transition to the illuminative way. So many things we have said here and you can see again the progress uh, and the different uh, spiritual exercises the meditations again are begin beginning to uh, produce certain f uh, fruit but still the soul if uh, one day or another he omits the meditation is not too worried about it that's not a, a very good sign but at least you see that the person is trying to do the meditation and being faithful to the different uh, other spiritual exercises. So the attitude of the soul is different, it's much more perfect. You see certain piety, That's, that is why you you call this the, um, uh, the stage of pious souls. When it says the night of the senses usually begins here, we are going to speak about that in future episodes, uh, uh, into, um, we are going to speak about that into great length. Now we just will mention the fact that between each of the uh, stages, between the purgative and the illuminative, and also between the illuminative and the unitive way, there are 
certain struggles, certain um, what Saint John of the Cross called nights. So these are purifications that are um, done or, or, or produced by the Holy Ghost. So because, as we are going to uh, explain, the beginning of the illuminative way means that the soul is beginning to enjoy uh, mystical contemplation, infused contemplation, which is something that is, proceeds from the Holy Ghost, is the actuation of the gifts of the Holy Ghost. In a meditation, um, all of the work is done by the soul, and the soul acquired. So that becomes more simple with time, and there is affections, there is acts of the will, and of also uh, charity and faith are exercised. When the time comes, when God decides to bring the soul to the next level, uh, the soul begins enjoying the uh, infused contemplation. That's something strictly supernatural, and the whole point of meditation, the whole point of mental prayer, and of the practice of virtues and mortification in general, is to dispose the soul to this um, this mystical uh, contemplation, which is the beginning. In, in the beginning, it's called the illuminative way. Illuminative because the, the Holy Ghost enlightens the soul with this contemplation. So, to go back, a uh, little summary of this first way, the purgative way, or the way of beginners, divided into into three um, mansions. The soul begins by a, a seriousness with regard to mortal sin, trying to avoid mortal sin and trying to pray a little more and be more serious. Still, there is some struggle there with mortal sin even. The soul begins to uh, do more, uh, be more faithful to the rosary and, and it begins to do more meditations and 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 this again is the you see how this this growth uh, at the end is more faithful to meditations and to all of the other spiritual duties, but still there is certain struggle. Of course, struggle there will always be. We are humans and we are in, uh, weak, uh, but I will say everything is measured by the love of God, by the attitude of avoiding everything that displeases God. In the third um, mansion, there is more of an attitude of even avoiding venial sins. Of course, we cannot avoid all venial sins, but the attitude of avoiding the deliberate venial sin is already here. So the that marks that together with the the meditation becoming more simplified disposes the soul for the illumination that comes in the first stage. Of the next um, of the of the, uh, the next mansion. So now we start this uh, new way, the illuminative way, and uh, it is interested interesting to note how the author um, remarks that some authors um, or many authors refer to um, here to what is called a second conversion. He says that the principal concern of the soul at this point is to grow in the Christian life by increasing and strengthening its charity. So we can see um, a different framework, if you want, um, that is starting now. Um, so naturally, the first mansion in this way will be the fourth. What would you like to say about that mansion, Father? Well, as this. Uh, here, the, the souls are not pious only, but fervent, so fervent souls. And as you said, you mentioned the conversions. The first conversion is the conversion from mortal sin, habitual mortal sin, to the purgative life. And many times that, that's the conversion that we all think of when we, we use the word conversion. But we have to keep in mind that even for those souls who are already in uh, I would say advanced in the spiritual life, they are still in need of conversion. Uh, so 
here in the purgative, you're in, in the purgative life, you may already be a pious soul practicing your, um, your virtues, exercising your virtues and, and doing meditation, etc., etc. You still need conversion. You need the, 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 the next level. And it's called conversion because even though you are more virtuous and more advanced than the, the first two mansions, uh, there are many, many faults that you commit, many attachments and the, this is, those things have to go away. You have to go through a night or a purgation in order to uh, come to the next level. That purgation of which we are going to speak about, the second conversion, the beginning of the mystical life, is, in a few words, is the, um, the, I will say the, see how to put it, um, the beginning of contemplation or infused contemplation is going to be hard for the soul, is not habituated to this kind of prayer. So the soul is not naturally disposed to the mystical life. So imagine that um, someone has been not using the uh, his eyes, the sense of vision for a long time, has been in a dark room for many years or for many months. So when is this that person is exposed to light? Of course, it hurts. So uh, the and, and it has to get habituated to light. That's what happens here analogically. The soul is not habituated to the light of the Holy Ghost, and so it's going to be painful in the beginning. That's why this is called a night or a purgation. And that's supposed to be like that. And it's manifested by an aridity in the practice of meditation. In the beginning, meditations are full of consolations and sweetnesses that come from, from God himself. Uh, basically, God is trying to get the soul to, uh, to enjoy prayer in order to that the soul perseveres in prayer. But at one point, uh, God will basically tell the soul, that's enough of the consolations, now I want you to grow up and uh, begin to taste the solid food. And that's infused contemplation. Again, the soul is not ready. It's like a baby that doesn't have the, the tooth to chew meat. Of course, it will, it's going to be hard to get the solid food. Or the eyes are not habituated to light. So that's all of that is hard, and that's why it is called a night, and also a conversion uh, or a purgation. So then, Father, after this uh, purgation of which you spoke, um, we come, we go back again to the these fervent souls. What are the characteristics of these souls? The fervent souls in the illuminative, in the beginning of the illuminative way, they start the fourth mansions, according to Saint Teresa, and the the character, the main characteristics characteristics, excuse me, is that they never commit mortal sin. If they are suddenly surprised by unexpected temptation, their more mortal uh, sin is a doubtful one and is followed immediately by profound repentance, immediate confession and acts of penance. Uh, Rosemarin continues, they exercise great care to avoid venial sin and it is rarely fully deliberate when they commit a sin. They make use of the particular examine as a means of combating all venial sin. Such souls, however, often avoid examining themselves concerning imperfections, lest they be obliged to combat them. They love abnegation and self-denial, but only to a certain point. Their daily Mass and Communion are accompanied by fervent preparation and thanksgiving. They are diligent in the weekly confession. They seek spiritual direction in order to make progress in virtue. And they have a tender devotion to Mary. They are faithful in prayer in spite of dryness or aridity in the night of the senses. Remember, this night or this purgation is called the night of the senses. And the reason why it is called the night of the senses is because of the aridity or lack of sensible consolation that accompanies 
the beginning of um, mystical contemplation or infused contemplation. They practice the prayer of simplicity, which is a transition to contemplative prayer, and in moments of particular intensity, they enjoy the prayer of infused recollection and of quiet. Do, uh, do not concern uh, yourselves, uh, the listeners, about all of the different names for the different kinds of prayer, because we are going to go through all of them in future episodes. So that's the fourth mansion, which is the first one of the illuminative way. There is another mansion here, the fifth mansions, which um, in which we find souls that are relatively perfect. So um, <clears throat> there's a, a progression here. Uh, not only they do not commit mortal sins, but they never commit a deliberate venial sin. Although sometimes they may fall by surprise or lack of advertence. So you see, you can see that how the progress is made uh, with regard to the attitude towards sin. In the fifth mansions, again, the, the, the fifth mansion is the second one of the illuminative, they repent of their sin and make reparation. Any imperfections are immediately rejected and combated with all their strength. There may be some deliberate imperfections, but they are quickly repented. There are frequent acts of abnegation and renunciation, and particular examen is now aimed at seeking perfection in a definite, uh, definite virtue. <clears throat> Their practices of piety become more simple and less numerous. That's something to always keep in mind. The simplicity uh, is what we have as a, as a goal, we must have as a goal, the simplicity, and less numerous, because it's almost like a habitual state of, of presence of God, and prayer becomes more natural. And, as is here, is practiced with greater love. Charity is beginning to have a more intense and a more actual influence on everything they, they do. There is those soul servant uh, souls. <clears throat> oh, sorry, the, these are the relatively perfect souls. The fervents were the, the level before. Charity, again, is more intense, and they love solitude. Uh, of course, not uh, for the sake of solitude, but as a means of uh, being united and finding God, seeking God. And they, be, they are more and more disinterested, more detached from the things of this world. They experience a great longing for God, a desire for heaven, and, um, and the love of the cross. They have a zeal, and a great zeal, which is disinterested and a great hunger for communion. So there is a very strong desire and thirst for um, or see, hunger and thirst for receiving the sacraments and particularly Holy Communion because there is a certain, I will say, um, understanding of the effects of Holy Communion, of the union of the soul with Christ and the transformation of the soul in Christ. Their life of prayer is so habitual that it is as natural as breathing. They have reached the contemplative prayer of union, and frequently they undergo passive purifications and manifest certain phenomena that are concomitant with the mystical state. Again, do not worry too much about those things. We are going to go through them. But uh, the important thing here is to see the attitude of the soul with regard to imperfections and the great intensity of love, and the, the, the habit of prayer. So it's important those things, because those things we have to have as a goal, even when, if we are in the previous stages of the spiritual life. Yes, and I, I think it's important to remember that in the providence of God, both in the natural and in the supernatural order, uh, ordinarily, the ordinary way of providence is that to go by a certain um, ascending order of perfection. In other words, we certainly cannot expect to be in the fourth mansion before going through the intermediate uh, stages, but uh, 
the idea is to advance uh, even if uh, little by little to keep advancing by the grace of God. Now we pass to the uh, the unitive way. We saw the purgatory, the purgative way. We saw the illuminative, and now we go to the unitive, which is the last way of the spiritual life. Um, the author says that when life, the life of prayer becomes, as it were, the very breathing of the soul, even amidst the, its occupations and duties of state, and when intimate union with God and the attainment of complete Christian perfection constitute the supreme, supreme ideal of its life, the soul has entered the unity way. We can see here how um, prayer becomes habitual and um, in a way, could you say, Father, it becomes easier for the soul to pray? Would that be uh, a true statement? Yes. Part of it is, is the very night or conversion, which will be the third conversion here, because remember that prayer for us is difficult because of, not because of itself, prayer should be in a way natural to us, but it's because of our attachment to creatures. So that's why mortification is there in order to remove the obstacles that make prayer difficult. At this stage, after undergoing the nights of the senses and now the night of the spirit, of course, yes, the soul, I will say, uh, prays like naturally. It's not at all um, a cross or a difficulty uh, to pray. And something natural for the soul. Uh, you see that in the, in the, in the saints. Uh, for them, was not... Uh, if they were at the chapel, for example, at Mass or at the Divine Office, yes, they were praying and very fervently. When they left the chapel and they went to do their other duties, sometimes temporal duties, they didn't stop uh, prayer. There was a continuous, um, uh, as it says here, a breathing of the soul. Instead of being a, a difficult thing or a burden like it is in the beginning, because, again, to our attachment to the things of this world, now that the soul is more united to God, prayer becomes uh, something very, I would say, not only easy, but the, the soul enjoys prayer and takes all the fruit of prayer, and because it understands that uh, prayer is nothing else than this union, this intimate union of the soul with God. Here in this last stage, the unitive way, to which, remember, we are all called. So this is not for some extraordinary special people. Everyone should attain uh, to this, uh, the last way uh, of the spiritual life, the way of the perfect. This degree of the unitive way is subdivided into two mansions of St. Teresa. The souls here are called heroic souls, for obvious reasons. Now, the, uh, souls, the soul has... Uh, conquered all of the main obstacles. Now it's just, it is a question of more and more uh, purification, which is supernatural, and um, uh, more and more uh, union, I would say, uh, more closeness with God. So um, people in this stage, in the sixth mansion, so there's two mansions, six and seven, in the sixth mansions, they never commit deliberate imperfections. At most, they are only partially deliberate and are quickly rejected. They perform all their practices of piety with an exquisite fidelity, but uh, they are concerned only with being united more intimately with God. Their disinterest in self has reached the point of forgetfulness of self. They have a great thirst for suffering and their penitential practices are severe. They would wish to offer themselves completely as a holocaust for the conversion of sinners. Frequently, they offer themselves as victim souls. In their life of prayer, contemplation is practically habitual. They enjoy the prayer of union in a very high degree and it is frequently the prayer of ecstatic union. They undergo the passive purifications of the night of the spirit. The spiritual espousal occurs at this stage, as well as the concomitant mystical phenomena, and sometimes graces 
gratis date, which means those graces like miracles, prophecies, ecstasies, things like that, that are not ordered uh, um, principally to the sanctification of the this, this soul of the person who is on this stage, but is given, those graces are given for the sake of others. So uh, you can see how everything is going, as you say, as in an ascendant movement towards heaven, and now there's more and more intimacy with God to the point of sometimes manifesting this externally uh, in a miraculous manner, extraordinary manner. But you have to understand that the, the miraculous nature of some of those manifestations is not part of the essence of the mystical life or of sanctity itself. It is possible that you will reach the highest degrees of um, perfection without manifesting that in an extraordinary, special way. Now we get into the last of the mansions uh, according to <clears throat> the teaching of Saint Teresa of Avila. And now the... We have here not only heroic souls, but great saints in whom imperfections are scarcely apparent. Their practices of piety have been reduced to the simple exercise of love. As St. John of the Cross says, now loving is my only exercise. Their love has reached a point of incredible intensity, but it is still tranquil. They enjoy an unchanging peace and serenity. They manifest profound humility, unity of judgment, and simplicity of intention. All that remains is the honor and glory of God. In their prayers, um, they enjoy what Saint Teresa describes as a certain intellectual vision of the Blessed Trinity in the soul. So it's very close, of course, not to the point of the beatific vision, which is impossible in this life. Actually, that happened only twice, as we know, in the case of St. Paul and Moses, but that was extraordinary, very special grace. Uh, outside of that, the, you cannot have the, the enjoyment of the beatific, beatific vision here on earth. So, but here is like a foretaste of that, is the closest you can get to the beatific vision before actually dying and enjoying God. So far, I think with that we have covered, uh, as it were, all the different steps towards sanctity. Uh, we started from um, not really having a, a spiritual life in the proper sense. Those people uh, who are still um, living in a habitual state of mortal sin and we ascended through uh, the different stages. We covered the uh, purgative with its, with its different mansions. We saw the illuminative and now we have just seen the two mansions that belong to the unitive way of the perfect. I think that gives us a good, um, panorama of the, of the advancing in the spiritual life till the age of the perfect. Uh, Father, is there any other thing you would like to add? Well, just keep in mind, again, as we said before, that uh, the arriving at the la last stages the, to reach the transforming union, what is called the mystical marriage, uh, and even sometimes by an extraordinary um, intervention of God, the confirmation in grace, as what uh, the, uh, the theologians will um teach about the, this this stage. That's why Saint, uh, Saint Therese of Lisieux uh, was certain of her salvation, again, because of, uh, either because she knew of her virtue and the, the, her charity for love, uh, for God, or because of the, what happened at the end of the, uh, the way of union, in which God may give this special grace of confirmation in grace. So, yes, we have to have the disposition to advance always knowing and re reminding ourselves in our meditations that we are called to the last stages. We are supposed to die in the last stages, in the ma mystical marriage, transforming the union. And if we do not arrive at that and we die before arriving at that, it's all our fault. God is always ready to give his grace so that we advance until the mystical marriage. So that will be at least 
something to motivate uh, all of us and never give up, uh, give up in the spiritual life, even in the times of uh, temptations, crosses, etc. So I think uh, next time, yes, we begin with a negative aspect, this struggle against sin and how the things that we have to do with the grace of God in order to dispose our souls to this uh, ascendant movement towards Him, towards God. Well, thank you, Father, for your time. And uh, I would also like to uh, remind the listeners that uh, all through these uh, different stages we have seen always uh, the importance of prayer, more advanced prayer as the soul advances, but always there is there has to be a fidelity to the spirit of prayer. With that, we will close our show. Father, thank you for your time. No, thank you. And uh, I invite our listeners for uh, to our next episode, in which we will see the chapter, The Struggle Against Sin. Thank you for listening to Catholic Spirituality. If you have any questions about anything you heard on today's episode, please email questions at truerestoration.org. We want to remind you that Catholic Spirituality is a production of member-supported Restoration Radio. All rights are reserved and any duplication without explicit written permission is forbidden. To obtain permission, please write to copyright at truerestoration.org. All of us here at Member Supported Restoration Radio hope that you found this show to be informative, helpful and beneficial to you and to your faith. In return, please think of offering a Mass, a Rosary or even a simple Ave for our work the next time you pray. For the Restoration, I am Matthew Arthur. May God bless you. This program was brought to you free of charge by the sponsorship of Novus Ordo Watch. See for yourself that the Church of the Second Vatican Council is not in fact the Catholic Church of the Ages. Go to NovusOrdoWatch.org. That's NovusOrdoWatch.org.